Welcome to the Go-To-Market Mindset with Michael Gordon, where we talk about all things related to sales, business development, and personal growth. If it's about high performance, we want to take a deep dive into that. And to do that, we'll be talking with some of the sharpest minds in all the land. But don't get too comfortable because we're going to be getting you out of your comfort zone. The Go-To-Market Mindset is brought to you by Sandler Training in Calabasas and me, Michael Gordon. We work with growth mining companies that know sales is never about price and believe that salespeople have rights. For more information, visit gordon.sandler.com. Welcome to the Go-To-Market Mindset. I'm your host, Michael Gordon, and I'm here with our guest today, Preston Geating, co-founder of PackForm. Preston, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Glad to be on. Yeah, so for background, we, we only have 30 minutes, so I'll just give a quick overview of your company. So Stevie, award winner for Tech Startup of the Year, San Fernando Valley Business Journal, fastest growing company with a growth rate of 6,000%. You must be busy as can be, so I appreciate the time and thank you for joining us on the show today. Yeah, 100%. Glad to be on here. Things are busy, but it's, but it's fun, man. It's a, it's a great ride. Awesome. Well, congratulations on all the success so far. You and I connected briefly at the San Fernando Valley Business Journal Fastest Growing Companies Banquet or Awards Ceremony. Yeah. And we connected on LinkedIn and I've been blown away by your mindset on sales. I've, you know, I've been following you. I've seen some of your posts. A few weeks ago, you retired your car desk from when you were a salesperson, which is why I thought you know, I got to have this guy in the show. I'm, I know I'm sales obsessed. It's what I do for a living. And I do it with my clients for a living. You're a, you're a co-founder of a company. And one of the things that I see in speaking with a lot of founders, CEOs, C-level type people is, in my opinion, they're not focused on sales. And I'd even go far as to say, sometimes they see the sales, sales or even their own sales team as second-class citizens. So what I want to do is get your, kind of dig into your mindset on this, see you know, the world of sales and as, as a co-founder, see the world through your eyes and just get some feedback about what you think is the appropriate amount of involvement or the right mindset that founders, co-founders, C-level people ought to have towards sales. Absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm very, very slanted in the sales direction. It's how, <laughs> how I got my start. It's what I did right mm-hmm. in college you know, fully commissioned job where you, you sink or you swim, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, you figure it out. So I've, I've always had that real strong mindset. I feel like the, the corporate mentality of seeing sales in the, as an expense is the wrong way to look at it. Cause you're just looking at what you have and how to reduce the cost of that sales is what you don't have and how to go get more of it. So, you know, especially in pack form as we scale the business and just in, in the business that I've been in, in general, you know, sales is everything. So trying to incentivize your salespeople to to earn more, to make more, to grow the business. You know, if the salespeople win, the business wins. And that's that's what we have a pack from. We want good partners. We want them to do really, really well financially. And if they win, then then we all enjoy that great growth up. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And speaking with you before we actually hit the record button, you were kind of sharing your model with me that you're empowering salespeople to essentially be you know, their own CEOs, their own founders. hundred percent. Yeah. That, that's the, the pack for model is getting people out of the corporate environment, you know, and, and sales is always a super entrepreneurial field. So it's sometimes if it's a, it's a square peg around hole, you know, in the corporate environment. So when we bring them into the pack form model, they, they generally flourish because they can do that entrepreneurial flair. We fund the business, 
we uh, we empower them, give them all the back office and just trust them to make good decisions. So we pick smart partners. And in doing that, we have a successful business. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm surprised somebody hasn't thought of a similar business model to that sooner. Maybe you could, if you could give me and the folks out there just a little bit of background on your experience of sales and how that transitioned to a founder of one of the fastest growing companies in the world. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. We'd love to share, of course. So I graduated on a Friday and, and I think on a Monday, I started my sales career having no experience. I went through the rookie program, which is essentially, you know, hire 10 to keep one. And I and it worked my way that, you know, after two years, they cut you if, if you're not going to make it. And I, I graduated out of that in about nine months, which means you go from making, you know, minimum wage to making, you know, a good income. And from there, I just continued to work, work hard and thought, I'll just take this as high as I can go. And within one full year, I was their elite, kind of their top 10%, which means I was doing even better financially. And within two years, I think I was their top sort of one, two, three salesperson. And I stayed that that position my whole career. But eventually I just, I wanted to create a better culture, something that was less corporate, less punitive and more rewarding. So that's why, you know, together with Phil Weinman, my business partner, and Peter Williams, who was uh, also a partner and instrumental in the beginning, we created Packform with that exact mindset of how can we empower salespeople to do well and uh, and then help us grow our business. Got it. Well, how how heartbroken was the company when you told them that you were leaving? Yeah, not real happy, mate. So, <laughs> so you know, it, we went through a lot of uh, early challenges where they they didn't they wanted to make sure that I didn't succeed. But you know, when when you're a pretty hard charging salesperson. Uh, there's there's really not much that's going to get in your way. So we just saw that one through and we just scaled up a business. Awesome. Like I think I may have mentioned in one of your LinkedIn posts, I think it seems obvious to you and it seems obvious to people like me who you know are, are able to get out of bed and go crush it every day doing sales. But it's it, for employers, it's, you know, that's not what most salespeople are made of. Most people, there are certainly high performers out there, but you know, finding someone like that is a real diamond in the rough. And it's, you know, always, you know, companies, most companies are chomping at the bit to find people like you and people like myself and the rest of the people out there who, you know, live and die and eat and breathe sales. So uh, I, I can imagine they were pretty heartbroken to see you go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, you know, it, it was the next adventure for me and I was willing to bet on myself. And, uh, you know, thankfully everything worked out pretty well. Very cool. Very cool. So you you kind of touched on one of the things that I really wanted to talk about is most CEOs, most owners, C-level type people see sales as an expense, you know, as a cost and expense rather than, you know, the, the revenue engine of their company. And doing a little research prior to recording this episode, I, I found that only I think 8% of CEOs had actual sales experience before getting to that level, which it was surprising to me, but may, you know, explain why that mindset is. But even then, it seems pretty obvious to most people that, you know, sales is literally the lifeblood of any company revenue. Why do you suppose it is that so many C-level folks have that outlook on, on sales and salespeople, and even their own sales teams, that there may be a second class citizen in the company compared to other departments? I Honestly, that stat is shocking to me that only <laughs> actually promoting the product that's that's growing their business is is shocking. I, I can only guess that once, you know, once you're running a business and it's established and it's mature, you become less concerned about how to grow it and more concerned about how to preserve it. 
And I think that just so many CEOs settle into that, that role of how to preserve what they have and keep their market share. And, and if you're doing that, then sales becomes less important, right? And e- even if you're the biggest company in the world, you still don't have 100% of market share. So I just, I think the right way to look at it is not what you have, but what you can get. And, and if you're trying to build your market share and get more, the best way to do that is through a strong sales presence, obviously. I mean, that, that kind of builds the whole thing. So that, I just think they're looking at it the wrong way. Okay, so out of, almost out of fear or being in a comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, a lot of the, the CEOs or whatever, if it's a public business, and you're managing to that share price and you just want to make sure it doesn't go down, you keep your market share, you maybe grow it conservatively a little bit at a time. But, uh, you know, with us as a fast growing startup, and, you know, we are going public in, in a little over six months, but as, as a fast growing startup, we're just, we're having fun just scaling up the business and, you know, just growing it as fast as we can. And we're not worried about what the stock price is going to be tomorrow or the day after, but if we just keep pushing hard and focusing on what we're doing and empowering our sales teams, things happen. I agree. And that makes, you know, I guess conceptually it makes sense about public companies worrying about stock price, but the things I'm mentioning are things that I see, you know, almost daily at the small and mid-sized level too, that, you know, owners just don't have that, you know, that mindset of, you know, sales is important. You know, we're, we're, we're okay to accepting mediocrity. I'm just, any idea where, where that mindset comes from? Man, I, I just, I don't know. I can't understand it, honestly, because it's just not, not how I, not how I operate, not how I think. So to, to me, you gotta, you gotta lead with your team and, and maybe it's a management style where people want to want to lead from their office in the corner and kind of, you know, keep their hands clean and not involved in the details of the business. But I've always believed you, you have to lead from the front. And part of leading from the front is just being right, right in that charge, getting your hands dirty, knowing all aspects of the business and, you know, especially the sales part of it. And if you really know the business and you're deeply involved in it and your team can see that you're leading from the front, then, then the business does well. To me, I just don't see how you can manage from a distance and, you know, spread managing from spreadsheets and doing all that. It just doesn't work. I'm with you hundred percent on that. What do you think? And I get it again, not all, you know, business leaders have had experience in sales. And so maybe they're not going to be, you know, leading from the front per se, picking up the phone, making cold calls, going to, you know, business development type of activities, but what is a, would you, do you think is an appropriate level of involvement for a business, business leader of your typical small and mid-sized company? Yeah. I mean, Hey, not everyone's going to have that personality for sales, right. Where it just works. So what I would recommend for business leaders that they just, they just feel out of their comfort zone in sales, then you got, you have to surround yourself with great salespeople and people that you trust. And, you know, you can't be the best at everything. If you're a really good operator or finance or engineer or what have you, then you have to have kind of as your, your key people, one of them has to be that, that strong salesperson that can give you that Intel and, and really help move the business along. So that's what I would do. If, if it's just out of your comfort zone to go see customers and do that, then surround yourself with people that are really good at that and your business will flourish. Makes sense. And let me ask you day to day. I know you're a, a longtime sales guy. What is, you know, do you ever pick up the phone and make cold calls anymore? Probably not. But, you know, what is your level of involvement in, of sales within the organization? Oh, I, I love cold calls. I think it's fantastic because you get a really good pulse on what you're doing, how the customers, mm-hmm. your product, 
you know, for us, it's a technology. And the best way to do that is to go see complete strangers. Um, and, you know, and for myself, I still uh, spend the first part of my day seeing customers of our different deals, dealers and salespeople. I keep a, a handful of them for myself because I feel like that's really important because it gives you a good pulse on the business. And the ones that I keep personally, it's only a handful now, but they're not necessarily the biggest. They're the, you know, a good splattering of everything. And I love having the ones that are the, the, the biggest critics because they tell you where the holes are in your business, what's not working. I want to hear the, 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 the issues because it makes us better. So it's, it's a huge part of my day still. And I can't imagine not having that direct line to as many customers as possible. Okay. So man that talks the talk and walks the walk. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know what's going on with the business. Okay. And do you see a point in, you know, in your trajectory of the company that you'll step, not step away from the role, but that you, you know, you're not picking up the phone, you're not managing a, a small book of existing clients? No, I, I feel like you always have to do it. You're managing your time. So you'll scale it back to something, but you always have to have a piece of that where you're getting that direct customer line, unfiltered, good and the bad and the whole thing. And if you're not out there seeing people and talking to people and selling products and, and, and representing your business, then you're, miss, you're missing out. You're getting it secondhand. And you know, in general, when you get successful, people filter it. They want to tell you all the good stuff, but not the bad stuff and all that. The customers, they'll tell you if, you know, if things are good or bad or somewhere in between. Yeah, a, a true a true sales product of the product. So what would be your advice for other salespeople that are looking to start their own business, grow something, you know, maybe not quite um, what you're growing, growing 6,000% per year, but what is, what kind of skills translate from, from sales to, you know, founder, C-level type things? And what would be, you know, some considerations that somebody might want to take if they were looking to ultimately take off the sales hat and get into a, a founder executive type role? Sure, sure. I mean, for me, when, when I didn't know if I could sell anything, because I, you know, I, I just never done it before. Uh, I had a, a professor at Cal Lutheran, uh, Professor Hedrick, that just gave advice to the whole class. And it really resonated with me that hey, if you, if you want to see if you're, if you have business acumen, get a straight commission sales job and you'll figure it out really quick because you're basically going in and the floor is taken out from underneath you and, and you figure it out. And, uh, and if you don't, then it just wasn't meant to be. So th th that to me is kind of the first step. If you're in sales and you really want to see if you can, if you can uh, go to the top of that kind of profession, try a straight commission job and you, you'll figure it out really quick. Um, for, for me, kind of the key metrics as, as I do sales, you're not, you're not selling products to people. That's a different kind of sale than I've ever done in my career. Mine is just building relationships, solving problems. Whether I get the sale this time or I get it next time, it doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not trying to get that pressure sale. I'm really just trying to solve problems and help people uh, find things, right? And then as you do that, then people start to appreciate the way you operate, that you know, you're pretty organized, you don't let them down, you always come through. And then that trust factor builds up and then, and then everything just starts to sell itself. So for me, that's typically how I've always operated in the, in the area of sales that I do. You know, if you're selling cars or something, then you need to make that sale before they walk off the lot, <laughs> you know, drive that and all that. But in the, in the long cycle stuff that I do, it's, it's less about the getting the sale of the moment, more about building the relationship. And, uh, and then as you're kind of working your way through uh, sales, commission sales, whatever it would be, if you find that you're, that you're able to kind of grasp the financial side, the operational side, and just all different aspects of it, 
then then being an entrepreneur is a really natural progression because all you're doing is you're just you have a really good focus on how to have drive and grow business, which is what creates. And and if you can have a good uh, you know general level of the other areas and surround yourself with smart people that that do, then you can grow a business. I mean, it's you know you can do it. You really can. And sales is a natural feeder to entrepreneurship. Got it. And we were having a conversation the other day. Somebody said, oh, everybody's in sales. We're always selling. And, you know, I tend to agree with that. How much of that do you find true within any given organization and within your organization, within your company specifically? That, that you're always selling? Is that the yeah. question? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, to internally, you're selling. You're, the idea that you're selling to the people that are working for you on the idea that you're going to continue to be one of the fastest growing companies in the world. What is that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you are. I mean, in everything you do, you're selling, you're selling something. If you really, if you really think about it, whether it's, you know, you're, you're, you're offering an angle or you're selling a business or you're selling a vision or a dream or a product or, or whatever that'll be. So, you know, for me, when I'm seeing, still seeing customers and things, I always have to have some sort of takeaway. You don't just go show up, see someone shake hands and tell them to have a great day. You want to add some sort of value, walk away with something. There's some sort of takeaway. And same when you have conversations with, with people about the business or investors or, you know, vendors or any of it, there's some sort of takeaway and some benefit that you're providing, uh, you know, so that way there's value, right? Because if you're not providing a benefit, then there's really no value. And then you're, you're just wasting time. Got it. Got it. So what is what is your biggest personal challenge as go, going from a high performance salesperson to a high performance founder of, of a company that's growing 6,000% and going public this year? Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I've, I've always in my career, I, I got to the top pretty quickly and, uh, and I've always just set really high expectations for myself. And I figured out that I was a, a good individual producer and taking that and figuring out if you can be a good motivator. So motivating other people to be great producer and not just, you know, not just worrying about your own individual contribution. That to me is the hardest evolution of, of running a business as opposed to running a book of sales. Cause you're, you're trying to get the whole group to lift up and grow the whole business. And it's not just me, you know, there's lots of good people in the business, but personally for me, that's, that's been the biggest challenge. Okay. And would you, Care to share any uh, any best practices or secrets? Uh, and you know, I'm like you. I'm internally motivated. Some people aren't as internally motivated. Any best practices or secrets that you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm still figuring it out. It's it's a day at a time, right? But I think for me is just appreciating everybody's perspective, abilities, and just as long as they're and everybody's is different, right? So as long as they're maxing out to the best of their potential from what you can see then what more can you ask, right? So not everyone's going to be to the best of your potential, but if you're able to get them all to be motivated to the max that they can do, then that's that that's the dream. Then you've got the whole thing humming. I like that. That's simple yet poetic and, and profound. Get people to the maximum of their potential, not to where you think they could be if they were you. Is that, if yeah. I'm hearing that right? 100%, 100%, because not everyone's going to be you. Um, but if you can get them all to their best, their ability, then that's, that's pretty cool. Awesome. And so what is, what's kind of on the roadmap for, for you and the company over the next six to 12, I, I, you know, beyond going public, what is, you know, big, big issue, number one, or big initiative, number one over the next six to 12 months. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously the going public is the big, big <laughs> press right now. And we're just, we're road mapping that want to be. And, and the, the biggest part of that, of course, is the numbers, right? The sales. So we're just making sure that we track exactly where we're, where we're committing to and that we, uh, we continue to, to motivate the team. And then, you know, outside of that, it's, it's growing the team, growing our dealer network, which is salespeople, selling the, selling the dream to them and, and the benefits that we have, and then just continuing to scale the company. I mean, what we've, what we've built is, is really cool. But if you look at the whole industry that we operate in, um, we're just a fraction, right? We're tiny. We're nothing. So if you look at the possibility of what's out there, man, we're going to be busy for such a long time trying to capture market share. It's insane. And then if you, if you step outside of the industry, so we, we pick packaging it's because it's what I know. But really, we're a technology business, and we're operating this space because we built out the supply chain. So once we once we really hone out and shape out the packaging space, then we're going to enter verticals because we're we can really operate this technology and sell anything with a buy and a sell, you know. And so you keep operating and attacking different industries, and then just take our clean marketplace model and just continue to blow the doors off it. Awesome, interesting, and 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 awesome to think about the the opportunity to scale that. So what's with everything that's going on, they're talking about the great resignation and sure lots of people are leaving jobs and complaining and, you know, finding new lives on TikTok or living abroad, making $20,000 a year. What is, you know, what does that kind of scenery look like as far as adding headcount to your dealer network or to your, you know, your sales group? Yeah. I mean, it plays right to our model because our model is not, come work for PackForm, come work for me, come work for Phil, you know, the model is work for yourself, we'll fund you. And so if you, if you don't like working in an office or having rules and restrictions and boundaries and all that sort of stuff, come join PackForm. We'll, 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 we'll fund it. You're your own boss, you're your own business owner, and we'll, uh, we'll fully underwrite your business and uh, we'll get you going. And, and even that, you know, that, that's really for the sales side of it. But even for our, the people that do work for PackForm, because we have employees, of course, you know, it, it's a different environment. They're not being managed to the minute detail. They have a, you know, a lane that they cover if they're responsible for purchasing or expediting or customer service. And as long as they get their stuff done, we're not micromanaging them. And if they want to work early in the morning and finish early in the afternoon, I don't care. Just get the work done. So it, it's a good value prop for the sales side, for sure. And then also for the people that are part of the team members that you know, we're not a big corporate that's having them punch in and out of a clock and doing all that sort of stuff. Get your work done and everything's great. And then, you know, life, life, life works pretty well. Okay. And, and you guys are a global company at this point. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We operate all around the clock in, in uh, six different countries and we've got, a, we've got a lot going on and we're just continuing to, uh, to expand that out. Very good. And then is that, do you guys actually have offices or is it uh, we do. So we have a head office in Melbourne and we have an office in Valencia. It's, you know, Melbourne, Mel Melbourne just coming out of lockdown. So there's rarely people in that office and Valencia, we vacated that. We still maintain it, but we vacated it a couple of years ago and there's really no point in going in. So the majority of our folks work out of their house works really well. We hire, you know, really high talent that are internally motivated and the work gets done. And that sounds like a, a dream business. Yeah, it is, man. It, it's it's the whole experience has been a dream. Yeah, an environment where you have motivated people working from home that you don't have to micromanage, that you as the founder have still have enough time to go out and sell and have relationships and grow the business. That's 
to me, that sounds like a salesperson's dream come true. Yeah, I think so. You know, and it, and it that, that's the part mm-hmm. that's the me is watching, especially on the sales side, the folks go from the heavy handed, heavy admin corporate environment. And once they get into our environment and they figure out the technology, which is not, not complicated, then just to see them loving it because their workload goes down, their work-life balance increases, everything just works out and that, you know, and they're financially are doing great. So to me, that's the part where it's, it's pretty awesome to watch this kind of evolution of, uh, of the salespeople to business owners. Very cool. Well, Preston, congratulations. It really does sound like you've built the kind of the dream job, the dream experience while still doing all the things that are important to you in, including selling, um, Best of luck in in the next year, in the coming year, and the the going public. And any closing thoughts for the the folks out there that are you know either in sales or aspiring to get in sales or you know grow some sort of career within a sales organization? Yeah, I, I think just just what I think about pretty often is you know fortune favors the bold. So if you uh, if you're just internally motivated, you know you can do it. Make the bold choice, whatever that means to you, right? If it's jumping into the sales job you weren't sure about, going to the straight commission, starting a business, whatever aspect that looks like, that's, you know, especially sales driven, just just bet on yourself. And, it, you know, as long as you're internally motivated and you just have that drive where you're going to get it going, you'll figure it out. And, and that's always served me well. Beautiful. Bet on yourself. So let me, let me ask, wrapping up with, you know, for the salespeople out there listening, if they're interested in potentially starting their own thing with you guys. How can they reach out? How can they connect with PackForm? Yeah, I appreciate it. Our, our website, just packform.com. And there's a section for, for suppliers, which are critical to our business. There's a section for dealers, salespeople, where, uh, yeah, we'd love to figure out how to fund, fund more people, have them go from being employees to business owners. And there's also a section for team members too. And we're, we're growing quickly and we're, we're bringing on folks all the time. Outstanding. Thanks again for joining us, folks. Uh, Preston Geating, founder of one of the fastest growing companies in the world, Pactform. Thanks again for joining us today, Preston. Yeah, thanks, Mike. It's been a blast. Thanks for listening. I hope you got as much out of this as I did. To find out more about how we work with companies to help them grow sales more profitably and predictably, please check out gordon.sandler.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.